0: You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered.
1: Eagles!
0: This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one.
1: Hurts. E First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
0: All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by BetOnline.ag, best sports betting website around. You can go to BetOnline.ag yourself, try it out with promo code Believe 50 B-L-E-A-V-50. It will match your initial deposit up to 50% using our promo code, because, again, we're powered by the BLEAV podcast network. Co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Crass, as always. Ed, Doug Peterson is back in town. With the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's playing yeah. the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles this weekend. Uh, I think it's hilarious that there's even a question of whether he's going to be booed or cheered. It's going to be nothing but an ovation. I mean, this is uh, our hero. This is the Philadelphia Eagles hero, the Super Bowl winning coach. This is the first time a Super Bowl winning coach is returned to Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> he's, the only one, he's the only one that won a Super Bowl Philadelphia. So okay. I thought it was hilarious that, I mean, there's even in question. I mean, you see – these major national outlets, like Pro Football Talk, for example, said, "Knowing Philly fans, they're probably going to boo. We are just so misunderstood. I guess Philadelphia <laughs> fan base is just so misunderstood. If you mistake our passion for just lunatic and being rude. It, we're not going to boo Doug Peterson. He's not getting booed. I, he's going to get a standing you know. I, I know the Eagles fans want to win. I know the team wants to win, but I mean, they're going to they're going to cheer on their guy. That Doug is still their guy at the end of the day."
1: Yeah, yeah, you you would think so. I mean, listen, back, you know, revisionist history, everybody credits Frank Reich for winning that Super Bowl, not Doug Peterson. They, you know, Frank Reich was the they a lot of fans think that he was bigger architect in, of that championship than Doug Peterson. But yeah, I, if they doesn't get a standing, out, oh, I mean, that's just that's a shame really. I mean, it, Bringing a Super Bowl to Philadelphia—I mean, that—that should—that's legendary status. It, Eagles may never win another one. Who knows? <laughs> you know, he might be the the one and only to do it. Um, but yeah, I think they'll win another one. But yeah, Doug, uh, Doug should get a, a standing ovation, no doubt. Whether it was Frank Reich or him or Carson Wentz's brilliant play in the you know first thirteen games of that season, um, it all worked. It all worked together. And Peterson should definitely get a standing. I think he will. I'm I'm pretty sure he will.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that because. <clears throat> That's what I was going to lead into the show. You know, it's funny, the guys that we always blamed it seemed to be Doug and Press Taylor. Those guys always took the blame for any shortcomings the Eagles had. Oh, it was Frank who made everything happen. Oh, it was Carson Wentz's brilliant MVP play. Oh, it was that was always our excuses. It was always somebody else but those two. Now let's Hindsight, like you said, of 2020, we could be revisionist histories all we want, but Frank Reich is struggling in Indianapolis. This might be his last season there as head coach. You know who else is struggling? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is on his third team in his third year, and Washington's off to a one-two start. He just got sacked nine times against his former team. He was he was seeing ghosts out on the field. Blame the O line all you want, but this is a repetitive with Carson Wentz. I mean, he went to Indianapolis last year. They were ready. Right, their, their O-line was always highly regarded. And they gave up a lot of sacks to him, too. I mean, it, sometimes it is the O-line. Most of the time, it's the quarterback. You know, I'm watching those two guys that we always credited for everything go away. Like, they're just, you know, failing. Well, I'm looking at Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, taking over an Urban Meyer, ruined organization they're very successful right now their offense is humming press taylor looks like a future head coach it, it, it's funny yet you know trevor lawrence is playing incredible football that offense is humming they don't have any superstars on offense outside of trevor lawrence you know zay jones christian kirk that they gave a ton of money to but still you know we, we all laughed at that you know everybody thought christian kirk wasn't worth that amount you know marvin jones senior you know, these Evan Ingram tell you that, and any none of these guys are world beaters. And yet, that Jack Waters offense is humming. And I mean, it is due to the quarterback. The quarterback's incredibly talented, but he got structure finally put around him because that quarterback struggled mightily last year in an offense that was a joke. Yeah. Now, now mm-hmm. this year, <clears throat> Super Wayne head coach, development uh, quarterback development coach in this league, a young offensive coordinator in Press Taylor. Look what they're doing now. So maybe we were wrong. Maybe we blame the wrong guys.
1: I think, I think it's again, it's not one person. It's, you know, it, it's an intersection of everything going right at the same time. And that's what it was. It was Frank Reich and Doug Peterson's relationship. It was Carson Wentz. And yeah, here we are five years later and, you know, Peterson's in Jacksonville, a very small sample size, you know, three games for Doug and press together. So, you know, Two and one. We'll see how the Jags continue to progress here as the season goes on. Um, But, you know, Frank Reich had some really good years in Indianapolis. Their problem is is they can't find a quarterback, five different quarterbacks in five straight years. I mean, that's just abysmal. And I wrote a column yesterday on Jalen Hurts, you know, which teams passed on him. You know, Howie Roseman gets all this grief about passing on Jefferson and taking Rager and passing on. DK Metcalf and taking Ortega White's. I didn't rightfully so, but there are five organizations that could have taken Jalen Hurts before the Eagles did at number 53, but didn't have the foresight to do it. And one of those is the Colts. So, you know, yeah, Frank Reich will get the blame and he's on the hot seat. But, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, these are all band-aids. You know they need a quarterback there, so it all comes. It all it all comes together. You know you need more than just one guy to get all the credit for success, and more than one guy to get all the blame for failure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I still think Reich and Wentz were huge parts of that Super Bowl championship. And even though here we are five years later and they're struggling, it doesn't belittle what they did in Philadelphia by any stretch. Um, And again, with Peterson, I mean, he's a mature coach. He's exactly what the Jags needed, a player's coach. Brandon Graham said earlier this week he's been watching videos of Doug interacting with his players that, you know, we see on Twitter as well. Um, And and he said it looks like they already are in love with the guy. And, you know, the Eagles loved him, too, when he was here. So, you know, there's something to be said for that. And we'll see where this, uh, this little magic carpet ride that the Jags are on ends up going. Uh, They're a very young team. I think they're the third youngest team in the league. So I think they have the right coach at the right time. Uh, And Press Taylor is, you know, he's dialing it up for Trevor Lawrence. But let's not forget, Trevor Lawrence was considered a generational talent when he came out of Clemson. You know, this kid was highly regarded, the number one overall pick. And, uh, you know, last year with Urban Meyer just didn't didn't work. So yeah, I mean, they have a great quarterback that now that they're kind of developing and putting him in a system that works for him. But Let's not forget, Lawrence isn't some third-round pick or fifth-round pick. This, this kid was highly regarded coming out of Clemson. And now with you know the coaching staff in place, they're taking advantage of the talent that had people saying he was a generational guy coming out. So, yeah, he, he's the guy. Uh, he's the quarterback that should be doing what he's doing.
0: Well, I agree with you. I think
1: that's a great way to put it.
0: You know, we're always looking for the one person to blame. That's my point. We're always looking for that one guy to blame. It can never be a group effort. But when the success rate hits, you don't give it to one guy. You give it to that whole collective group. And that's just the point I'm trying to make here. Is yeah, yeah. It, the whole entire time we heard fire press Taylor. This is this is all his guys' fault. Or like Doug, he just can't get it done anymore. He can't call plays. Right. Like no, he can. You know he's proven to you can. And you know Carson wasn't incredibly awful in Indy last year he's 27 and 7 I think he's going to be the Washington's quarterback for years to come I think it's the perfect franchise for him to be honest with you and Frank Reich no matter what happens in Indy, I agree with you I mean they're not setting him up for success anyways he's probably going to get another job whether it's a head coaching job or offensive coordinator job he's guaranteed to have a job next year no matter what so yeah, I would think so I hear what you're saying it's a collective group that's the reason why they were able to be successful as they were and But it's just funny to me when the failures and the shortcomings come, we always point at one person. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Just like how the success rate doesn't always work. It has to be a collective group. Anyways, moving on. I think this is actually going to be the Eagles' hardest game of the season, though, and I'm going to tell you why. Not only is it Doug Peterson's return game, and yes, you are right, Jacksonville loves Doug Peterson. I mean, I live in Florida now. I hear nothing but about it. They actually have a real coach, and the Jacksonville Jaguars fans are excited. They haven't had a real coach in Man, I don't know. They haven't really been a successful organization continuously since Jack Del Rio was the head coach. So I guess we'll go all the way back then. That's a while ago. So they're incredibly excited about it. And Ed is right. The team plays hard for him. They're going to want to win this game for him because they love their coach. And they know how bad he's going to want to win this game too just to show the Eagles up because they did fire him. So with that being said, I want to know why it's going to be tough, Ed. Guess who the, the Jaguars defensive coordinator is? Mike Caldwell. Guess what Mike Caldwell coached last year? Uh, Tampa Bay. Guess the who the Tampa Eagles struggled with? Down Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, yeah. Absolutely, and he was their linebackers coach, and guess who really shut down the, the Eagles' third linebackers? So this is going to be a very, very – this is actually going to be their first real test to see if Jalen Hurts has arrived because this is a coach that shut him down. Now, you can say what you will about Ron Rivera. Jalen Hurts ever lost to Washington So as a starter, so that, get that out the window. Say what you will about Detroit, he destroyed them last year. Say what you will about Minnesota, that was a test, but that was still a first-year coaching staff still trying to figure it out. Very tough team. I thought he played amazing. You can give him all his credit. I still am. You know, Ed Dantel is a very veteran defensive coordinator. He knows how to throw looks at going quarterbacks. I get it. But this is the real test, I think. You know, a very talented defense at Jacksonville, has very, very, very good players along that front seven. Secondary, that can definitely be exposed and, and abused with the Eagles' weapons. But this is the coach that threw you in a blunder last year, not only in the playoffs, but, I mean, in the, in the regular season, too. So this is going to be the real test to see if Jalen Hurts has arrived, in my opinion. If you go out there and you completely surprise this coach, again, different personnel. Tampa Bay's defense is, has more talent, per se, than Jacksonville, but they got a lot of young pieces that are clicking right now for them. Devin Lloyd and Travon Walker and Josh Allen, main names right there. Those are very good names. Um, it's going to be a tough game, I think. I think this is going to finally get Jalen Hurts' real test because he's going to get looks thrown at him that he struggled with already last year. So let's see it. I'm ready to see it. I think he's going to answer the challenge, though, Ed. This is the new Jalen Hurts. I do. I truly believe it. I'm buying the hype, for sure. I think he's the improvements he's made on the field are just so noticeable. And the the passing, the accuracy, the the confidence in your guys that we keep talking about, that's not going to just go anywhere, especially because you're playing Jacksonville. That secondary is very weak. So I don't think anything's going to change, but I think this is going to be – This should be a very big confidence booster for Eagles fans if Jalen Hurts continues to play the way he does because of who he's playing.
1: Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned some names there, Allen, and, uh, you know, uh, Devin Lloyd, who we all wanted in Philadelphia, the linebacker from Utah, he already has two interceptions. Yeah. and Mike Caldwell deploying them similarly the way he did with his linebackers in Tampa, but you know, I'm, I'm not, listen, these guys are young. He doesn't, what he had in Tampa is a veteran group, you know, Devin white just named the NFC defensive player of the year of the month for September. Jalen hurts, obviously the offensive player of the month in the NFC for September. Um, I mean, he's had some tests have Vikings defense was, you know, was okay coming in and he just picked it apart. So I don't know. I don't know if Cal- yeah, Caldwell will try to do what he did in Tampa, but I'm not sold on the personnel that he's doing it with right now. I mean, this is a young group coming into a pretty hostile environment, kind of like what Minnesota faced when they came in here for the Monday night's home opener. Um, let's see how a young team responds. There's going to be adversity that's going to hit them through the course of this game. And the crowd's going to be loud, a lot louder than the, I'm sure the LA crowd was when they went to uh, to play the Chargers last week. I mean, The L.A. audience is a lot different than the Philadelphia audience. Um, So, you know, great win by them against the Chargers. Um, You know, the Chargers got banged up in the game. They lost some players. Uh, Rashawn Slater tore his pack or something, so he's out for the year. But um, I'm interested to see how this young group, you know, manages what's going to be some adversity during this game because the Eagles aren't just going to roll over and lose by 24 points like the Chargers did or like the Colts did when they went down to Jacksonville. The Eagles are a better team. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see how this personnel does with whatever Mike Caldwell wants them to do. I mean, you mentioned the secondary there's, you know, the corners and the safeties on this team are really, you know, to me, very pedestrian. And, uh, I know that the Jags have a good defense. I think they're ranked seventh in overall defense in the league. The Eagles are fifth. Um, but there'll be points put up, I think on both sides. And, um, I, 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 you know, I think, like I said, I just think Mike Caldwell will try to do some of the things he did, but I I'm just not sure the personnel is the same as it was in Tampa. Um, the team just doesn't, you know, it's still learning how to win. Tampa was a veteran group that knew how to win. They were, they won a Super Bowl the year before. I mean, they've been in big games for Jacksonville. This is a big game and we'll see how they respond against an Eagles team. That's not going to go away or roll over easy for them.
0: No, I agree with you. I, I, I still think the to win, of course, but, I, I you know, it's going to be interesting because given your points, because you are correct, absolutely. It's a young group, and, you know, it's your first season with the team. They're not going to look like as humming as Tampa Bay's defense was right. from my call wall, absolutely. But I still think given those, those points you made, even if Jalen Hurts comes out and looks the way he's looked already, I just, I'm still taking that as a positive moving forward because of the circumstances of him – you know, playing against my Caldwell coach to do what he to do against him, uh, who was a part of a game plan that shut him down. So I agree with you. Totally agree with you. I mean, I don't think Tampa, I don't think Jacksonville has Shaquille Griffith is their best corner. And so far this season, I, I've been watching him. He gives up on coverage. I don't know what's up with him. And that's their best corner. And you're gonna give up on coverage on AJ Brown if, if you act like that. I'll tell you right now, you're gonna want to give yeah. up. But I think they're going to pick up a part. They don't have a Harrison Smith. They don't have a Patrick Peterson back there. They don't have, you know, Washington didn't really have any good players. But still, I think they're going to be fine. I think, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts will look Jalen Hurts.
1: That's a, I, I agree with you. That's a good test for Jalen Hurts to see if he can, you know, overcome that stigma that was attached to him coming out of Tampa was that he couldn't read defenses. But now here we are. You know, he seems to be doing a pretty good job of that. But he may see some things that he saw last year in Tampa, and let's see if he can defeat that. I think the biggest challenge for the Eagles is stopping uh, the Jacksonville offense. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence gets the ball out pretty quick. Uh, He's only been sacked twice. He's only thrown one interception. Uh, Really good season so far for Trevor Lawrence. And again, this is what you'd expect from a first overall pick playing with a, a coaching staff that understands how to use him and how to coordinate an offense. Unlike urban Meyer, um, so, this to me is the biggest challenge. Is you know, I like their weapons, I like their receivers, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones. And, um, you know, Lawrence makes it all work and their offensive line is playing well. Taylor Lewan has only given up, I think, one pressure at Juwan one time. Taylor, Lewan Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. Taylor, yeah. Um, who did I say? Taylor Lewan?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Titans left tackle. Great yeah, podcast. Yeah, you, you listen Taylor.
1: to his podcast clearly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cam Robinson on the other side, they brought in Brandon Scherf from the yeah. commanders, you know, a great free agent signing to play guard. I mean, the offensive line is good, better than Washington. So you're not yeah. going to see a nine sack game, but what you hope that uh, Jonathan Gannon can do is throw some disguised looks at Trevor Lawrence to kind of confuse him. Or just a little bit uh, maybe think he's seeing something that's not there and they can intercept him or make him hold the ball a little bit longer uh, to let that pressure kind of affect him and get home. But, you know, Lawrence is very good at moving in and out of the pocket too. He's a very mobile guy. Um, you know, it, it, it's exciting to see a quarterback come, you know, like him in the league. I mean, I love when young quarterbacks come into the league and do well. I love to see that. And, you know, I love seeing what Lawrence can do, except now when they play the Eagles, you want to see what they can do to try to slow him down a little bit. And that's the biggest challenge is, are they going to be able to get pressure on him? Uh, I don't I don't know. You hope, and you hope you can get that pressure with just your front four, but if you have to blitz, then so be it. They did a very good job of that against the Vikings, made Kirk Cousins uncomfortable, uh, even though he didn't have that sack total that the uh, Eagles defense had against Washington. Cousins was under pressure quite a bit through three picks. You hope that that's what the Eagles defense can kind of do to a, a young quarterback still feeling his way along in a new system a uh, year and a half into the league, but th- you know, this kid's a competitor, you know, he's going to come in and compete and uh, it's going to be a big challenge, I think for this defense to, to find a way to slow him down.
0: You know, I thought it was funny. Cause you mentioned it right there. So for those who don't know, I, I produced Asante Samuels, the R of the interception podcast. And yesterday we did a recording and he had Mike Vick on as a guest. And I finally got to ask Mike Vick a question. And, you know, as a former quarterback from my pop Warner days and, This wasn't this wasn't anything recently. This is just I'm not professional, but I asked him a quarterback type question because you just brought it up. So I wanted to mention it to you because this kind of ties into Jalen Hurts. I said, Mike, I got to ask you a question. The casual fan always roasts quarterbacks for not being young quarterbacks for not being able to read defenses. And I think that's silly because it takes years in this league. From what I've noticed from covering the game, from talking to former players. And from learning from press conferences and so on and so forth, it takes years in this league for a quarterback to read a defense. And it doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just come into the league and just read defenses. So I, asked him, I said, how long did it take you to read an NFL defense? And he said he got it, it took him totally out with Andy Reid. That was years. He went to prison yeah. in the middle of that. Like, people are so – when they make these casual remarks as negatives, they don't know how silly they sound. Because that's silly. You know, Jalen Hurts, I'm not sure he can fully read defense right now anyways. I'm not sure he'll tell you that. He's not the type of person that would go into a press conference and be that honest about the nuances of football and his skill set. But that's okay if he's not, because look at what he's playing. You know, that, I just always thought that was funny. Because that was always the thing against – he couldn't read that Tampa defense. We all know that. You saw the sound bite on the sideline of the of the coordinators. I think it was Mike Callball that would say that. He can't read us. He can't read us. <laughs> Not many quarterbacks can. It takes years in this league to get to that point.
1: Yeah, so I always thought that was a funny thing. But yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, it, it takes time to to figure it out. You have to see it, and then you have to know how to attack it. But you know, you have to see it first, and then learn from it. And you know, there's so many different defenses. He's that's what I'm saying. It's an ever changing well, league.
0: It's an ever changing yeah, league. I no mean, system's are the same every year.
1: Right, and even week to week, they te- defenses do different things. So. Um, Yeah, Vic's absolutely right. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, because everybody assumes, yeah, you're going to come out and you're going to be able to figure out what defenses are doing. Even Carson Wentz, who came in as a 4.0 student, you know, in college and high school and never got a B in his life, it took him a little bit of time to read defenses, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So, yeah, it's a struggle for quarterbacks coming into the league. I mean, that's really the biggest thing is – and then trusting their arm, trusting themselves, trusting their receivers. And I think we're seeing that with Hurts. I think we're seeing a trust factor that's there. Uh, with his arm, with his ability, with his receivers. And, and that's built on this is his second year as a starter, really the third year in the league. So, yeah, he, he should be seeing things now that are a little bit more familiar when he looks at defenses. So I think the latest discussion is since we brought up Devin Lloyd,
0: the linebacker we all coveted, the, the linebacker that was in competition with him for the top linebacking spot uh, is N'Kobe Dean, and he is on the Philadelphia Eagles, and he is currently not playing for the Philadelphia Eagles because T.J. Edwards is playing lights out. You can't take T.J. Edwards off the field
1: the way he's been playing so far. That would be silly. He's everywhere. He's everywhere yeah. on the field.
0: So my question to you is, for those people that are wanting to see Nicobe Dean or asking why is Nicobe Dean or how come we can't get Nicobe Dean on the field, what is your response? <laughs>
1: Well, just look at TJ Edwards and Kaiser white. I mean, you know, I talked to TJ in the locker room yesterday and he said, they have a really good chemistry. Uh, the two of them together, TJ and Kaiser, he said, we really work well together. It's something we kind of, as soon as he got here, it, it seemed like it was a good fit. And, you know, I said, well, listen, you probably only have a year <laughs> to, you know, let this chemistry blossom because One of you probably won't be here next year. And he just laughed and he said, yeah, you know, I, I get it. He goes, you know, I don't really want to think about contract stuff. You know, both those guys are, this is their last year of their contract. So somebody's going to have to get extended. And I don't think it's going to be both because they have N'Kobe Dean. So, you know, listen, N'Kobe's learning uh, by watching these two. You know, I talked to N'Kobe too the other day and he said, you know, I want to play. He goes, but I understand why I'm not playing. He goes, TJ Edwards is, you know, he's fantastic. He's having a great season. And he goes, and Kaiser Wade is very good. And these guys have done it for a while. He goes, I'm learning behind them. And, and I asked him, what are you learning? And he, you know, he went into some different nuanced stuff, but he's he's playing special teams. He's got a big role on special teams. Um, but there will be a role eventually for N'Kobe Dean. Um if one of these guys, you know, gets hurt, you hope not that that doesn't happen. You never want injuries to happen to anybody. Um, but, you know, if they do, Nakobe will be ready to step in. And if nothing like that happens, then he'll, you know, they might work him in, maybe rotate him a little bit. But right now you can't take TJ Edwards off the field. He's playing close to 100 percent of the snaps uh, each of these weeks. And he's and he's responding. He leads that defense. He's, he controls the middle of the field. Um, he's good communicating what what defense to play, and he's been very good at tackling. Uh, I know in the opener, the Eagles missed a, a lot of tackles; I think fifteen of them. But they've gotten better at tackling these last two weeks, and you know you hope that continues. You know it's a muscle memory thing. Once you start doing it, then it just kind of becomes natural, and and they work on it and they emphasize it. So, you know, I don't think Nakobe's going to have much of a role unless something unforeseen happens. Uh, but that's okay. I mean, again, the Eagles built this linebacker room before the draft. They weren't expecting to draft Nakobe Dean. You know, they, he wasn't really even on their radar. They loved him. They probably watched some film on him, but they weren't going to take him in the first round. They weren't going to take him in the second round. But when he was sitting there in the third round at whatever it was, number 83 or 82, it was like, well, how can we pass on him? So, they didn't draft him because they needed him. They drafted him because of the value. They had already put this linebacker room together. So he's kind of this extra piece and a piece that gives them some flexibility going forward as to what to do with Edwards and White in their, in their contract years. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. And it's funny, I was just talking about this yesterday with somebody about how everybody's clamoring for Nakobe Dean to play, but nobody's clamoring for the second round pick, Cam Jurgens to get in there. And the reason is because Jason Kelsey is so beloved that you get it you understand why current Cam Jurgens isn't playing but nobody really i don't think gives TJ Edwards the respect that he deserves and they think Nicoby Dean should be in there and you know i i get it but listen Edwards is having a very 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 good season and uh you know he's a guy that you could get into the pro bowl and i know whatever the pro bowl b- bids mean it still means a lot to these players whatever the pro bowl looks like i know they changed the format but he's having a pro bowl type year TJ Edwards i know it's early but very underrated. And you know, he shouldn't come off the field. He's playing that well.
0: Madden just boosted his overall to 80. I mean, he's clearly he's making making waves for sure. I agree with you. You can't take TJ Edwards off the field right now. That'd be silly. But you hurt yourself. My question is to you, though, it's presumed that the Kobe Dean would be Mike linebacker. You think they would you think they would consider putting him at weak side? I understand if injuries happen to Kaiser what you gotta do what you gotta do. But do you really think there's even consideration in that building for him to play weak side?
1: Well, he, he's cross training. I mean, he's he's learning how to play both both spots. I mean, he's going to be your top backup if something were to happen. But you, I don't think you can take White off the field either. You know, like I said, Edwards talked about the chemistry him and White have together. And uh, Kaiser's having a, a real good season, too. I mean, you don't hear much about the tight ends killing the Eagles. And a lot of that has to do with their linebacker play. Last year, the tight ends just hammered Philadelphia. Um, big games from guys you, you you know unless you're an avid NFL fan or a big fantasy player you probably never even heard of some of the tight ends that beat them up last year this year not so much Logan Thomas what did he do against Washington he didn't do anything um, everybody's like oh what a good tight end he is he, he did nothing um, so you know Irv Smith the Vikings yeah, the opportunities to Irv
0: Smith kind of didn't capitalized on a lot of opportunities though that was tough
1: Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, the Eagles were really concentrating on Justin Jefferson. That was the one they wanted to take away. So there were some opportunities, but again, Irv Smith didn't kill him. He scored a touchdown. Um, You know, Hawkinson didn't kill him. No Hawkinson. I mean, and a lot of that has to do with the play of the linebackers. And I think in particular white and Maddox, even Maddox will play a tight end. James Bradbury sometimes is guarding tight ends. So, you know, having those two linebackers gives you flexibility to, and trust to let other guys handle the tight end position. It's not just Kaiser White, but having him and Edwards out there together, controlling things a little bit better makes it easier for them to guard a tight end with whoever they choose to, you know, put on a tight end, play to play. So I don't know. I just think that both those guys, I mean, Dean, I'm not sure I would even throw him in there over white. I know white doesn't play as many snaps as, as Edwards, he plays a lot. Um, But again, I just don't think you can take either of those guys off. They're just playing at a high level together. And, you know, Dean's just going to have to wait his turn and bide his time and learn what he can learn and get his work on special teams and his opportunity will come and and it may come sometime this season. But right now, it's just there's there's really no room to or, you know, no reason to put him out there.
0: All right. So my score prediction for this game, I'm going to have the Eagles win 27 to 17. I do agree. There's just too much firepower on offense for the Jaguars defense to handle there's no way I don't think it's going to happen I think the Eagles continue their offensive success I do think however the Jaguars passing offense gives the Eagles passing defense which by the way has been incredible these first three games I do think it gives its first test of the season though yeah the Jaguars don't have a Justin Jefferson they don't have you know they don't really have an aroma St. Brown to be honest with you but or Terry McLaurin but they do have guys that are very contributive. And I think if you do sleep on them a little bit, they will burn you deep and they will beat you deep. Uh, Zay Jones is a very productive wide receiver in these last two seasons. And Christian Kirk is off to uh, – t- he definitely took that contract talk as disrespect because he's playing as one of the best receivers in the NFL right now, arguably the best slot. So it, I think they're going to give him a strong test because these aren't household names. These aren't names that your defense coordinator is making you hone in on and during the game planning this week like you are of those other names that I named. But that, I think, could be the mistake there. And that that's where they could beat you, because this passing offense in Jacksonville is humming. And they also have James Robinson and Travis Etienne. So it's not like they have bad backs or anything. They have some really good backs for a run defense that, I mean, is looking like it's figuring itself out so far. So yeah, it's going to be a good test, I think, for sure, for the Eagles. But, I mean, I think they win by a two-possession game still.
1: Yeah, I think, like I said, the biggest key for the Eagles, you know, some keys to the game, I just think are, you know, stopping or slowing Trevor Lawrence in this offense, you got to find a way to uh, confuse Trevor Lawrence or to keep him in check. Uh, And I think that'll start with the run game, you have to stop that with ATN and Robinson, if you can do that and make the Jags a little bit more one dimensional, then you can kind of tee off on him knowing that he has to throw help if they get a big lead and the eagles have done that that's another key is start fast they've started quickly in every one of these games 65 of their 86 points have come in the second quarter now you'd like to see them score in the second half but fast starts are still very important they need to get off to a fast start contain lawrence or slow lawrence and then i think offensively for the eagles they have to take advantage of this secondary they have to get the ball to smith and brown and goddard and Uh, Quez Watkins. And, you know, they've done a good job of that. So I think that's just more of the same. Just keep playing that way. Get the ball to them. Keep the balance in the offense. They had 32 passes to 30 runs against Washington. Very good balance. So I think you need the pass to set up the run. And you hope that you can run for more than 72 yards like they did against Washington. And I think they can. So I think the Eagles will put up some points. And, uh, you know, I think they'll win. uh, My prediction is going to be 24 to 17 Eagles over the Jags. Um, I, I, you know, I think they'll cover. I don't know what the spread is, I think it's six and a half, but I think the Eagles will find a way to cover uh 24 17. the Jaguars do have a good offensive line.
0: You know, Cam Robinson is playing like a franchise tag player that he was. Ron Taylor, you're right, is actually turning it around after a horrid start to his career. And Brandon Sharif is one of the best interior guards in football, but I think the Eagles front seven is more talented than their offensive line. I think that will – why they will prevail at the end of the day. Um, I, I can't Again, I think they're going to overpower Cam Robinson. I think he's very beatable. I think Juwan Taylor is – you know, he's, he is playing better, but he's still trying to figure it out at the same time. I think he's going to be a lot uh, – I think Hassan Reddick, and Brandon Graham are be a lot for him to handle is what I meant to say. So I, I think the Eagles are going to pressure Lawrence, and think they're going to get him to throw two dumb picks – or, you know, two bad picks, I should say – and if he does do that, they turn over the ball twice by Trevor Lawrence's hand, the Eagles are going to win that. They probably will by a two-possession game. So that's the reason why I have the 27 17 because I do think the front seven overpowers them and prevails for another week. Because when you have a nine-sack game, you don't just come out and just relax. You feed off that momentum. Whether yeah. it was a weak offensive line in Washington or not, that doesn't matter. Your confidence is
1: through the roof. You think you can beat anyone right now. And I think that, that trend continues against Jacksonville's own line. Yeah, well, like, you know, every player I talked to on the defensive line said sacks come in bunches. Right. That's what they always say. And that's what they said this week. So, you know, we'll see if that holds true and they find a way to get a couple of them. Again, it's been tough for other teams. Only two did a good job against Nick Bosa last week. At the Chargers, Uh one of the Boses is a Nick in the in, San, in L.A. or is Joey, Joey. Yeah, Joey. yeah they did he got a good hurt, job. though. He got hurt in that game. Yeah, he did. Um, But yeah, but but still uh they got cool. Mac, like,
0: they had Khalil cool Mac.
1: Right, cool, Mike. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we'll see if it does come in bunches and they find a way to get some sacks because that would certainly help contain uh, Lawrence for sure. All right, that's gonna do it for us, guys. Remember, I will be streaming this game with the live Eagles
0: SI community at getplayback.com slash room slash Eagles SI. The link will be in the description below. You can come watch the Eagles game with our community and myself. We will be streaming it right at kickoff. The link will be in the description. You can sign up today or whenever you listen to this podcast so that you can be ready to join the room as soon as kickoff starts without any hesitation. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you to recap this game on Monday or Tuesday. Thank you guys so much. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts.